0: Hey gang welcome to the four pillar fitness podcast this is coach phil houston as always behind the mic in front of the um the camera um and sitting in front of my laptop really um bringing you the four pillar fitness podcast and i really quickly uh, i'm really excited i've got an old friend on the line with me today uh with some really cool interconnections for us and we're going to talk about those a little bit as well uh, but before we do that some quick housekeeping if you're on itunes um if you like what you hear drop us a five-star rating leave us a comment let us know let other people know there's some value here Um, And all that being said, I'm going to dive right in here. I am with my friend, Mike Howard, and we have known each other for quite a while. Um, Like I said, with some crazy interconnections and some really sane interconnections as well. Um, He is the owner and chief choice architect of Lean Minded uh, and a longtime veteran of our profession. And I'm excited to ask him some questions and get some information out of him today. And uh, hopefully you'll get some insights as well. Mike, introduce yourself to my listeners. Tell them all about you.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much, first of all, for having me, Phil. This is quite an honor and um, great way to connect. I mean, we've, we have, as you mentioned, uh, known each other for quite some time and, uh, you know, part of the connective tissue there is, um, you know, both the, the youth fitness perspective because, I mean, you're a, you're a huge name there and I've learned a lot from you over the years. Um, and and we know each other via uh, a mutual friend, uh, my dear friend and mentor, Brian Grasso. So uh, we've had some uh, Connectiveness, uh back then and uh, continue to and uh, he's yeah he's always been uh you know a, a a huge part of of what I do um and then you know he connected us and and you know I've been able to learn from you and that's kind of how the industry works right so um yeah i mean for me it, it's been a a long road and a, and uh a, yeah a, a a windy road in the industry i've worn many hats um over the past 20 plus years from from being a coach to a trainer to, um, you know, gym um, manager to writer to, uh, to teacher. So uh, I continue to use uh, a lot of those uh, experiences and what I do day to day and just, you know, with the, with the ultimate goal of helping people. So I, I do both kind of brick and mortar, one-on-one training. Um, and, and like you do work uh, fairly extensively with youth, not as extensively as you do, uh however i that's been one of the um markets that i've been most interested and passionate about and i also run uh more recently some online programs mostly to do with fat loss and even more specifically than that um fat loss from a mindset habits first perspective an inside outlook at how to uh conquer that so yeah that's a little bit about me
0: <laughs> that's uh that's i think it's good for people to understand kind of how we we approach things right so i'm I'm exclusively brick and mortar um, It's mm. interesting to me when someone has a blend of things and, that, and it's gotta be a lot to balance. And we'll talk about that a little bit in, in, uh, in a few minutes. One yeah. of the interconnections you mentioned, Brian Grasso and Brian has been a friend of mine for, oh gosh, 13 or 14 years at this point. Um, mm. I met him actually before the IYCA was even founded. So that was kind of wow. cool. Yeah. It was kind of not, I'm going to say, I was right there mm-hmm. with him. I was, I met him and I kind of watched him a little bit how and, and how that all popped together. It really worked out pretty well. But, our our real connection with him is through the free thinking renegade nation, which uh, mm. is is kind of no more. Although we've never really gone away, I think we're all we're sure. all still floating around out there. Dio and Dio Vujic and I are still friendly. We still oh yeah 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 quite yeah. A bit. He's uh he's about as off the wall as, as the rest of us. So it was, it was a good, <laughs> good group. That group though was just just crazy as it, uh all kind of getting together as Brian would say, um, trying to find out who the fuck you are and then do something about it. And I thought that was yeah. uh, that was a cool approach to it, and, and it left a lot of room for us to kind of be us. Absolutely. And interestingly, interestingly enough, I think, and, and, and you certainly, I think, are reflective of this, a lot of us didn't really kind of gain our, our footing and our guts to kind of go out and really be who we are until mm. after that because it kind of said, hey, figure out who you are and go do something about it, right? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, so now you mentioned, you mentioned something that, that is fascinating to me. Right off the right from the get go, um, you talked about mindset and habits, and mm. um, I've had two other guests on my podcast who were who were really intense on that on those subjects, Josh Ellis mm. and Lyle McDonald. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And if I can ever get the two of them together, maybe the four of us together, I can get the three of you guys together. I wouldn't have say a word for an hour, probably, but it would but it would be yeah, pretty right. awesome uh, content. But
1: mm. so
0: talk talk to me talk to my listeners a little about a little bit about kind of the importance of mindset. Um, and how you change from a failure mindset to a success mindset around nutrition, diet, and exercise.
1: Mm, yeah, so a lot to unpack there. And, uh, you know, that's two of the best right there in uh, Lyle and Josh. And those are two gentlemen that I've learned a ton from over the years. So, um, yeah, no, uh, but just to unpack that, it's a, you know, it, it's a lot to, to, to tackle. And I think as a profession, we've sort of been taking this from an X's and O's standpoint. And we've been looking at it. In a, in a slightly wrong, maybe even backwards way um, we're we're still in that I think things are are starting to change. However, I think it's still a lot of here's your program, here's your you know here's your nutrition program, here's your training program, here's a couple of motivational quotes and off we go. Um, but we're not getting beneath the surface too much, uh, in terms of the mindset and the habit aspect of things. So I think there's a few key things, and this is something we could talk about for hours, but I think, um, fundamentally, uh, people are coming to me, coming to you, coming to others with, uh, other coaches with, with issues that, that are relating to, you know, health and wanting to improve their health. And, um, Taking that look beneath the surface, I think the first thing we have to look at is uh, fundamentally self-forgiveness. And I think people are coming to us with a lot of of guilt and a lot of shame in terms of where they are in their life, and they're blaming themselves. And um, I think that first step is that self-forgiveness, right? And it's what I call kind of a self-forgiveness self-reflection continuum a little bit. So um, the self-forgiveness side is, hey, you know what? Um, you are not your weight you are not your your health concerns right now um who you are is already you know great already amazing um it's okay to be dissatisfied with your current situation in fact that is probably a a prompter for change but accepting who you are and where you are in your journey is is fundamentally the most important thing and then from there we move into that self reflection and when i say self reflection I mean honest self reflection right taking a look at that full length mirror and saying yeah okay it 's time to time to face what what 's been ailing me it 's time to tackle these these issues and it 's time to stop being in denial um, but if it doesn 't come from that place of self forgiveness first, I think that's that 's where most that 's a step that a lot of people skip, and we try to do it by punishing ourselves we try to do it by Uh, dieting hard. We try to do it by, you know, exercising to a capacity that we're not used to. And and that, I think, is a large uh, part of why people fail long term. Um, They go in fits and spurts. So I think the self-forgiveness thing is huge. Um, And then from there, once we get that self-awareness, and then we realize that we are in control, largely, um, when it comes to our own health. So having that, what they call in psychology circles, an internal locus of control, uh, when we stop saying, okay, you know, we're victims of circumstance, this and that, we can move forward by saying, yeah, you know what, I have a great deal of say in how I live my life, and whether or not I can become healthy or not. So then we work from there. And um, I think a large part of that, too, is just finding your, finding your ultimate why, uh, to quote uh, Simon Sinek, right? So this is deep. This is more than your, I want to lose 10 pounds, I want to lose 20 pounds, I want to get healthier. This is your Your fundamental what resonates with you the most in terms of uh, why you want to do this, and that could be anything from you know wanting to to play sports with your grandchild. Or, um I was hiking last year and and that's when it hit me too I mean obviously, I got two kids, so I want to be healthy for them, but I was thinking at the top of that mountain it would be a real shame if I couldn't do this so that that was part of my why is being able to stay healthy enough to do the things I love uh, well into my 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 later years.
0: That's great stuff right there, and, and you, you know you hit on a couple of things, and you're right. That's a lot to unpack. I, I and I, I apologize for asking. No, no worries. yeah, but, yeah. You know, there's so many aspects to it, and you're right. There's there's several hours of conversation um, right there in in that, but but I think you did a great job of encapsulating it and kind of putting the whole process in a nutshell for, for my listeners to understand that if you're if you're someone out there among my, my audience who's struggling with your weight or, is, or hasn't started de- dealing with your weight or you're looking in the mirror and beating yourself up, go rewind this and listen to what Mike mm. said because the self-forgiveness and self-reflection, I, I think that's a circle, right, Mike? Mm. I mean, you're going to reflect yeah. and come back and, and there's going to be fear involved and you're going to need to re- Definitely. Just, you know, kind of forgive yourself. And And mm-hmm. I, I guess the next question for me would be, you know because we know that so many people come to us to make change out of a fear based mm. uh, reasoning right how do you mm. how do you coach someone from a fear basis to a desire basis mm. you know, Yeah, yeah, that's to what you said I think you need that right you need to you need to want something more than you're afraid of something how do you get them
1: absolutely out? yeah, no, for sure, and I think that comes down to um you know why are you afraid you know what i mean what is the, what is the source of the fear and a lot of times what people find and this is from my own journey too i've I've sort of tackled this this question myself and it's like okay number one what am i afraid of and number two is this a rational fear um so i think once we realize that that a lot of the fear isn't particularly rational right and, and once we start asking why questions i think we can kind of Get to the bottom of that, and and you know I think there's a case for for referring out if if these become like you know big psychological barriers but um, and when I say referring out, I mean referring up to an actual professional counselor or, or psychologist or what have you, but um, I think once we get past that point of of realizing that a lot of these fears aren 't you know maybe maybe just are in our head, we can move forward, and I think um, you know we talk a lot about mindset, but uh, taking just action first. And, and when I say action, I mean small action. Um, we, it, because it becomes easy in a mindset mentality to think, okay, we have to get our mind right first before we act. But really, uh, the intervention becomes acting, and then your mindset will follow. So sometimes that's, that's just taking a small step. And that could just be putting your running shoes on and going for a walk. And it could be a five minute walk. It could be a 10 minute walk rather than saying, okay, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, lift this much weight and run a 5k. So um, it's taking those small steps. It's going grocery shopping, you know, once a week or twice a week. It's, it's making those small habitual changes. Um, it could be just even making your bed in the morning. I mean, you know, it's just, it's setting a routine. It's having a starting ritual. And through that, you gain a little bit of confidence. It's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then it, it, it chains from there. A, and then you you progress from there, and then the mind tends to follow. And I think that that does a lot in reducing the fear. Right, once you become confident in your abilities to do this, and also knowing that you know a, a lot of the fear is fear of failure. You're going to fail. You you are, and we need to get that out of the way right away. Is that this is going to be an imperfect journey, and um, the mark of somebody who's going to be successful long term versus unsuccessful. It's being able to manage those dips, being able to manage those life curveballs, being able to manage when the you know the crap hits the fan, and you know what are we going to do about it? It's about reverting back to those habits that you've established from the get-go.
0: And you know, you just you hit on something for me that's a little bit personal for me right now, and that's you know when the mm. crap hits the fan, how do you manage mm. that stuff? So mm. um, a lot of my listeners already know that my wife and I are we're, we're essentially ketogenic eaters. We call ourselves flexible. Mm. Yep, we we've I've tried a lot of different diet plans in my life, and the, and the keto diet has worked for me. And it's worked for mm-hmm. me consistently mm-hmm. over time, uh, and I can manage it um, by getting into you know, and, and for lack of a better phrase, when I want to cut some weight, I'll go hardcore keto, make sure I'm in ketosis, do the whole thing, mm-hmm. keto, the whole nine yards, right? So yep. great. So we'll go typically two months like that, and then give ourselves three, two to three weeks where we do sort of a refeed period, and we're not mm-hmm. they're not. That's less structured than it is just kind of relaxed a little bit. We're going mm-hmm. to let ourselves have a slice of pizza now and then we're going to do stuff like that, but watching the weight, watching everything we do. But for me, when I'm under stress, forget it. Like I, I just, I'm not even thinking about it because I'm focused on the source of my stress, right? So for, for mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, we're running up to a couple of big events here in my facility Mm -hmm. Um, one of which is our 11th anniversary celebration, big charity event that we're doing for a local charity. So I want that to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So I am like, my stress levels are here. I'm just going bananas, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've noticed over the last week or so that I've had a very hard time sticking to my plan. Mm -hmm. We're not, and and my wife and I both, because she's she's involved in the business as well. So we're both lit up with this and we're we're not not food shopping, Mm -hmm. we're not meal prepping, like we're not doing the stuff that we know we're not performing the habits that we know will get us the results that we're mm-hmm. looking for. And yeah. we also know that it's purely related to our emotional state. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, and, and that's why I say it's personal. What you said is personal because I recognize it. I, I recognize it in myself. And I, and I definitely wanted to ask you about, about this, this today. Mm-hmm. When those things happen, during those stressful times, right? So someone's going along, let's say for a couple of months and everything's going great. They've got their, they've got their nutrition down. They're, they're building those habits. They're doing a really good job and the shit hits the fan. Like you said, mm-hmm. what's your advice to those folks to get them to number one, stay on track. Mm-hmm. All right. Somehow. Okay. Yeah. Number two, not start beating themselves up, which I haven't done for my thing. Cause I recognize it. i um mm-hmm. I've done it before. I've seen it for myself. Right. So I recognize, yeah. it. so get back on track, not beat themselves up mm-hmm. okay, and stay focused on the why. I know, yeah. Another big question. I, I apologize. Absolutely, but, no, that's okay. Yeah, but if those three go side those three things go sideways, you fall back to a really bad place, right? So, mm-hmm. as a coach, how do you coach somebody in that stressful time to do those three things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on it initially too. And and going back to that self-forgiveness thing, and I think that's the first step. Again, it's like, okay, it happened. You know, it, it, you'll get frustrated about it, and that's okay. But just realize it was a moment. Um, It does become easy for those moments to become a week and and then roll into like two weeks to a month. And then that's when things kind of fall off the rail because we get into that, you know, what they call the what the hell effect. I've already blown it. We're going to just keep going. So I think it's about just stopping that uh, that off the rails train um, in its tracks and just saying, okay, you know what, it happened, it was a moment, um, move on. And when we, when I say move on, it's just, I, mean, I mean right away, right? We get into that sort of, what James Clear calls like the never miss twice type of thing, right? Where it's like, okay, it, in framing it just like that, it's like, okay, it was a moment, um, and i really like the the piece of advice of how would you advise a friend right so if a friend comes to you and says like oh man i've just been you know horrible on this and you know they're beating themselves up we tend to to give more gentle advice to friends than we would to ourselves right so you know we'd say something different and more friendly to a friend and like, you know what ah, it's just a moment you know you you'll be fine um, so I think that's the first thing. It's just like, look, you know what happened, get over it, let's move on. All right, let's put that in the rearview mirror. But how are we going to move on? Okay, wh- what are the steps that we need to take to move on? And maybe that, you know, just life is going to stay crazy for a little bit. For example, your event, it's not for a while. So, you know, this this your life circumstances around you, your environment around you is not going to change right now. So then it comes down to you know okay you're in a bit of a holding pattern um what can you do right let's 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 talk about um what, what you can do versus, okay, what, what are my obstacles and barriers going to be? Uh, so that might be just, okay, maybe you can't grocery shop regularly and meal prep as regularly as you want to, but let's see what you can keep the same in terms of those habits that are already established. And if you guys have been ketogenic for a, a longer period of time, that's amazing because that, to you, that shows me that you have amazing discipline as it is. Um, so it, it's about creating those systems where you're like, okay, um, we can eat a, a healthy breakfast because that's one thing we have good control over. We're in our own home. We're not away from home. If, you know, if you do eat breakfast, um, if you don't, okay, what are the contingency plans? Okay, what are we close to that we can we can get these foods that, you know, that are going to keep us healthy, going to keep the weight off? Um, you know, what can I do? Maybe I can't work out for an hour, but maybe I can do like this quick eight minute circuit. Um, so I think it's just about creating uh, strategies within that framework of self-forgiveness that um, that will keep you in place. And that's what's going to keep you going. And when you, those habits are in place, then it becomes easier to get back there in a, in a faster way. And you learn something new and every time there's a, there's a slip up, right? So the first step is self-forgiveness. The second step is getting back on it right away. And then the third step is that reflection again. It's like, okay, what precipitated this fallout? What can we do next time to make sure it doesn't happen to this degree again. And then what people usually find is that these slip ups become a less frequent and they occur for a a, a shorter period of time. Um, So you learn something new. I mean, it's never going to be perfect, but it's going to be better and it's going to keep you on track. And that's what's going to keep you successful in the long
0: run. That's awesome. Thanks, Mike. That's, that's great advice for really anybody in any situation, right? Not just dieting. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Absolutely.
0: You know, you could apply that to savings and investing. You could apply that to, you know, relationships and all that kind of stuff, right? If we're we're willing to forgive ourselves, we're more likely to be forgiven by others for sure when it comes to relationships Mm -hmm. and things. Uh, Well, most people anyway, some people are just assholes, but that's a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you know let, let's talk let's talk about some 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 dietary craziness I, I saw a post that you put up the other day about the carnivore diet and i yeah. i have i have to chuckle at this because I, I i kind of i haven't really looked into it heavily but i kind of read a blurb about it and i'm like okay so this just seems even crazier than a ketogenic diet <laughs> which to a lot of people seems completely crazy mm.
1: uh,
0: but you know if you're if you're paying attention to the keto diet you know that there's a whole lot of green vegetables getting eaten here
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, we're not, we're not, all, it's not just bacon wrapped in bacon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I, you know, I, and, and for the record guys, and again, my listeners, most of my listeners know this, I don't ascribe to a single dietary plan mm-hmm. for all of my clients. Okay. We mm-hmm. try to find the one that works in their life and then mm-hmm. we make sure that it fits with, fits their goals. Um, and if, you know, if, if it's a macro diet, if it's a whole 30, whatever it is, We'll use the one that fits their life, fits their mm. goals, and fits their, their nutritional desires, right? So what do, you, what do you see as the biggest just nutritional insanity in, in, in our profession right now?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it's anything that has to do with extremes. I mean, the carnivore is one. I think it's anything where there's a, a lot of restriction. Um, and yeah, it produces some fast weight loss. I, I mean, a temporarily desired effect. But, you know, people aren't looking at the long-term consequences. We don't play the long game enough. And I think we're almost wired to be uh, attracted to these quick results. Um, And I think a lot of the the diet world has set us up for failure in that sense because it it does promise fast weight loss. We want things quickly. We want things permanently. We want things that are easy. And I think uh, the diet world sets us up for that sort of that, uh, triumvirate, that unholy trinity of, of BS as I call it. Um, and, uh, so in terms of the most restrictive, I mean, it, I think the cleanses detox ones are sort of the, the, you know, the, the craziest of the crazy, um, because they are, they're, they're very, very, very low calorie and, you know, just simply not sustainable and, you know, they border on, on dangerous to be honest. So, um, I think we have this aversion to to moderation. We have this aversion to um, just sensible restriction, as I would call it, right? So um, flexible restraint as opposed to rigid restraint. And I'm not saying that some of these, these dietary uh, interventions don't work well for people and, um, you know, whether that's keto, whether that's vegan, whether that's uh, something a little bit more heavily on the, the paleo thing. I mean, that can work very well for a lot of people. And that, you know, if that's sustainable for that person, that's awesome. And I think that's what it comes down to is what they can sustain. Um, the best way of eating is what you can handle over a longer period of time. Um, and, and that will keep you in a deficit or keep you energized.
0: Excellent, great, great stuff right there, and and I th- I think you're right. I think the the extremes right create problems. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I did a podcast a while back after um, I spoke with Lyle. I did a podcast on orthore- orthorexia because I started mm-hmm. reading about it and I realized, my yeah. God, this this is crazy, right? I mean, people who yeah. are obsessed with healthy eating mm-hmm. and then can't define it, right? That yeah. it's defined in so many ways. You know, they get the raw vegans and the keto people and the and, all, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is really scary because I think and and, and you can please share your thoughts on this. I think as a society, we're driving ourselves to become tribal about our choices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that leads to, you know, extremism that we can't, it's harder and harder to come back from. Mm -hmm. Um, If you talk to a lot of vegans, you know, you're, you're politically evil because you're not vegan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, which I look, I get, if you want to be a vegan, man, go for it. If you want to be carnivore, go for it. But Mm -hmm. don't preach to me that I'm evil because I'm not you. Right. Right. Um, and, and I'm wondering if you see the same things and, and if you see a way back from it for us as a professional. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a great question. Uh, to answer that, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's been my life. And I, and that's why I take a bit of a, a jovial response to it because, you know, I think the heated topics are, you know, politics, religion and nutrition. <laughs> they're, they're, they're almost lumped together in that. In that uh, and, and the word tribalism is a perfect way to describe it. Right. I think we're in camps. And I think this is part and parcel of this. This is how we—they're called like shorthand abstractions. You know, it's much easier for the human brain to process good versus evil than it is, um, you know, context. Uh, so that's I think why we get into these tribes. And you know, and if it's worked for somebody, you know, oh my gosh, they're gonna they're gonna spread that that word like like crazy. And you know, these testimonials become akin to like a lot of scientific research. And, and, and the problem with that is that, you know, you're extrapolating, you know, a few people's results to on the rest of the planet, which may not necessarily be the case. And yeah, you know, you get the extremists in terms of the vegan and the carnivore and, you know, it's, it's strange that two books can be written, you know, all, all of them, you know. Both of them reference very heavily and come to exactly opposite conclusions. So, I, you know, um, in terms of is there a way back from it? I, you know, I'm hopeful that there is, and I think part of my mission is making the unrevolutionary revolutionary, as as I put it, right. So, you know, and, and there isn't anything revolutionary when it comes to health, fitness, and and, and weight loss. It, it's evolutionary. So, you know, there's there's bits and pieces of this giant matrix this giant puzzle and we just figure things out bit by bit but I think we have to take a an individualized approach and b I think we have to okay what are the commonalities all right um you know eat eat fruits and vegetables eat things that are colorful eat, eat a diet that's high you know low in uh processed foods and and high in nutrient density generally speaking most of the time um and it would be hard to disagree with that. Of course, you know, the, the, the carnivore thinks that, you know, fruits and vegetables are actually not, not as healthy for you. Um, and, and, you know, inadequate uh, protein and just, you know, and, and go forward from there and then do it based on lifestyle preference. Um, you know, I think we're trying to pound a lot of square pegs into round holes, right? The, you know, the square pegs of dietary rigidity into the round holes of what is, you know, our lives, our, our, our lifestyle and, and all the context that comes with that.
0: Mm, great stuff right there. And that's, it, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I could not agree more. We are definitely trying to put, put things where they don't belong and take things mm-hmm. that do belong there and put them somewhere else. It just, it, to me, it, it's, um, it's a very difficult thing for me to look at someone and say, you need this, mm-hmm. right? Without, without a thorough understanding of who they are, how they got where they are, how they live, you know, what their, what their lifestyle looks like. I, I mm-hmm. it, it makes me kind of crazy when I, when I, I'm going to pick on isogenics for a minute. When I, mm-hmm. when I hear somebody say, Oh, I got on the isogenics cleanse because my friend did it right. and lost 30 pounds. Yeah. You have no idea what your friends are. First of all, you're not, you're not, and I'm not a nutrition expert. Okay. I, I have, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a PN level one, but that makes me like less dangerous pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's all it really does. Um, but I listen to people talk, and all of a sudden they're nutritional experts because mm-hmm. their friend lost 30 pounds on some cleanse program. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of makes me nuts, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that your your point about um, you know being able to find the way back from the extremes, and, and I I hope you're right. <laughs> I yeah. hope that wonder sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, that just we're kind of rambling conversation here. But, but let's kind of shift forward a little bit. Um, as a as a nutrition coach, a strength nutrition coach. Where do you see the role of say of supplements? Um, where do you see the role of companies like isogenics and not the, not the pick on them, but companies mm. like those, you know, sort of cleanse slash nutrition companies. It's yeah. kind of funny when they call themselves that, but um, supplements, do they have a place where do they fit, how do you use them? And then mm. those other companies kind of like, where do they belong? Do you think?
1: Yeah. No, great question. And I, I see two uh, experts on this topic, because yeah, no, I'm like, I'm not a registered dietitian either. So I, I simply provide guidelines and frameworks for people to follow. Um, I, I, I coach them more into the habits rather than sort of specific meal plans. Um, in terms of supplements, um, I think, you know, they, they do have a place. And I think, uh, there's a select few that have some very good evidence behind them, and but I think 90% of them are probably overhyped and or um, not very useful in that sense, right? So and I think, you know, again, this is a small piece in an overall matrix and puzzle, right? And I think it has to be very individualized. Um, and again, there's that context thing, right? Okay, what's your what's your current nutritional um, intake look like, what's your activity level, uh, stress level, um, you know, are you sleeping? This is, these are, these are factors that matter. So again, I think, you know, we, we make these errors in sort of going across the board in terms of our recommendations. And I think, yeah, I mean, there's certain supplements that are probably good for a lot of people. I mean, I, I still do fish oil. You know, I've seen the, the research go up and down with fish oil in the winter, I'm in Canada, right? So vitamin D is not a bad idea. Um, you know, so plugging in just these, these micronutrients, uh, that, that may be missing. And, and, you know, in the case of fish oil, right, the omega threes, but, um, and I, I still think there's some value to that, even if the, the research waves a little bit. Um, but I take more of a minimalist approach when it comes to supplements. I, I love a good, uh, protein powder supplement, uh, for a lot of people who may have a hard time getting, getting protein in their, in their system, adequate protein for, for muscle repair. Um, but yeah, I, other than that, I don't veer too far off of that. I think even like a green supplement is not a bad idea if you, you feel like you're deficient in vegetables. It's easier to get some of your vegetable intake from from popping these uh, the, these greens into the blender. Um, yeah. So again, like I said, I think there's there is a place for it. Uh, I go to examine.com for for my information there. Uh, in terms of the the multi-level marketing stuff, like the SG- <laughs> I you know, I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. I think that it's uh, a, you know, once people have a a financial interest in in selling these supplements, I think that's where we have to be wary. And um, same thing with any type of diet. I mean, you know, the the people that are promoting it the the most um, ferociously are those that have the most to gain from it financially so i think we have to take a look at that and it's very hard to find uh supplement research that isn't or supplement um promotion that isn't um heavily vested in terms of in special interest
0: awesome great stuff right there we're gonna we're gonna come back in just a second and i'm gonna uh press mike to tell me what he thinks the future of our profession is and the two in in the two indispensable pieces of advice he would give a brand new fitness coach in, the, in our profession. Uh, but we'll do that after this word from our sponsors and we are back on the four pillar fitness podcast and I'm with Mike Howard. Uh, and there's been some phenomenal stuff already. I mean, the guy is, you're a wealth of information, my friend, and I appreciate all of it. Um, That's very kind. thank you. Let's, let's hit these, these two questions. Uh, the first one being where do you see the future of the fitness profession going um, what trends do you think will stick? What trends do you hope won't stick?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I love it because um, having been in in the game twenty plus years, you see a lot of trends um, come and go. I went through the whole sort of functional fitness thing, and you know, jumping on bozoos to balance. Um, to you know, seven years ago, kettlebells were were super popular, and then clubbells, and then you know, okay, back to weightlifting. Weightlifting's popular now. Um, I think some form of lifting is always going to be there. I mean, I think we've sort of, uh, and that's one area where I think we've, 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 we've settled into a a good middle in terms of, um, yeah, you know what? Lifting is good. Lift. And and I don't care if you do three sets of 10 or seven sets of four, uh, just get your butt into the gym, right? And, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I'd like to think that the industry is moving more towards, you know, just getting stuff done, right? Um, Just moving more. Uh, finding ways to move more, finding ways to counteract our culture that is very sort of technologically driven. Um, you know, by the time my kids are driving, they, they probably won't need to drive, right? There's self-driving cars that will come and pick you up. You know what I mean? So the, the need to be active has become less and less, and our technological smartphone uh, world has has given us so many allurements to keep us sort of planted in one place. So um, I'm hoping that there'll be a, a bit of a technological um, a reversal in that sense where you know they're going to use it more for 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 good things to, to get people moving um so I think from that standpoint that, that's what I'm hopeful of uh that we're going to go more towards a, a habit-based approach um just getting active just doing something I think the strength training will always be there I think we'll always have our fads and trends and things like that um you know there's a lot of bar studios this is great and if this gets people off their their backsides and into into gyms Um, that's fantastic, you know, and whatever version of spinning they have, you know, in five years from now, if it's continuing to get people into those classes, great. Uh, Providing opportunities for people to be active and, you know, um, and and from a mindset perspective, that incentive to become active. And and you work with a very, very um, vulnerable population in terms of demographics, right? We got to capture these young people now and we have to start changing paradigms now um, because, you know, this, this is not a good trend in terms of, of where are a lot of the young people are going. And I work a lot with younger people, and more specifically, uh, younger people that struggle um, with weight, uh, special needs kids. So, um, yeah, that's a, it, it, it's a tough one. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see, but we really have to capture that uh, generation, that iGen uh, generation to, to make a difference in terms of shifting. And, um, yeah, I think it takes, uh, all levels, right. It's not just on the parents. It's, it's, it's basically, it's, it's the school system. It's different levels of government. It's big food company. It's everybody bending together to, uh, to make a difference there. So I'd say that's sort of, you know, trends, I think certain things will stay in place and then they'll just be variations of those trends.
0: Very good. Very good. You, uh, you mentioned, you know, getting kids, um, and I, th- I think a lot of kids are at risk, so to speak. And I, I've done and mm. so written on this before. I think even your high performers, especially. Right. So mm. um, unfortunately, last week I had to go to a, to a wake for a young man that I coached in the mm. late 2000s um, who died of a heroin overdose at the age of 29. So high performing yeah. kid, great athlete. Everyone expected great things from this from this kid. And he yeah. just kind of fell into a, an addiction. Right. Mm. So, and, and my wife said this to me a long time ago, she said "the the kids who are the highest performers are often the most at risk mm-hmm. because when things don't go well for them, they're not sure that they, they kind of forgotten how to handle it, right? Kids that have a lot of problems, they learn to cope, right? Or mm-hmm. seem to, maybe more mm-hmm. often, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like our society is moving so fast for them, right? So much faster than it, than it did for us, for our for our mm-hmm. generations, right? What do you see as the, other than the technology making life less active, Mm -hmm. what do you see as the big challenges for the youth kids that you work with in getting active, staying active and and creating a healthy lifestyle for themselves?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, uh, technology aside, I think, you know, it's just a different generation with a different mentality from when we grew up, right? There wasn't, the, the default wasn't, isn't to go on your bike and go see a friend and go play tag or play games in a park um i think you have like a lot of dual income parents or single parents and so uh, a lot of the children are left to their own devices and you know things are j- just easier and i don't put all the blame on parents i mean we're you know they're busy and, and you can't always have a perfect lifestyle but it it does tend to be a lot of the hyper palatable foods um the trend i notice with a lot of kids i work with they've got their own money you know <laughs> at 12 13 years old and and autonomy with that money, and there's, you know, there's so many more availability. There's, there, there was, there wasn't Starbucks on every corner when, when, when we were children, right? So, you know, they're, they they have access to the money, and then very easy access to a lot of places to get these hyper palatable foods and drinks, um, and, and that's definitely contributes. So, it, yeah, it's going, to, it, it's going to take a fairly big shift, and I think some schools are making some inroads on that and giving your health, healthier choices, but. Yeah no I think um I think that's a huge thing is just you know they're with their friends and then you know everybody's doing that everybody's going out for lunch and I think yeah no that's that that's that's a huge thing to counteract and so when I'm working with young people I say okay how are we going to make take some steps okay yeah the they're not going to not go out with their friends. I mean, their, their peer group is so important at that age. Um, you know, maybe we can just make a healthier choice when we're there or, you know, just instead of the pop, get the water, just order whatever you normally, order, but get what, you know? So again, it's, it's taking those small easy step ladder type approaches to, to, to change. And then how do we infuse more activity into it? Okay. You like to, you like to watch this show on, uh, on Netflix. Okay. Watch it while riding a bike or, you know, can we walk to school this day? So it's, And then obviously, you know, the, the parents have a huge involvement in that. And so we have to get everybody in the family on board um, because, you know, you maybe experience this self with working with high performance people, you know, the parents put them on the doorstep and say, here, make my kid better, make my kid a better athlete, make my kid less heavy. Um, But it, it does take that proverbial village to raise a healthy child.
0: Yeah. And we, and we, you know, I particularly in my own practice, I try to engage the parents as early as I possibly can. And, you know, uh-huh. on a lot of fronts, you know, when I have a high-performing athlete, I want to engage the parents in a support role. So I need to help them uh-huh. understand that, you know, your, your, your kid, no matter how good an athlete your son or daughter is, he or she is going to struggle at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rather than be there to criticize, be there to, to support, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's perfectly okay to ask your kid why they failed a test. Mm-hmm. It's how you ask them that matters. Yeah. Right? You know, what I want to know from a kid when he fails a test in school is, was it because you didn't study? Did you just have a bad day? Did, mm-hmm. you, did you not care? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to know why, right? Yeah, because absolutely. When I know why, I can address the why and I can help them see the difference between succeeding and failing mm-hmm. for themselves, right? And, and I hope to have parents understand that as well. On the, mm-hmm. on the weight side, you know, I, I try to give them some resources that they can implement at home very simply. And sure. like you, I'm a habit based coach as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a believer in changing one habit at a time until it sticks. Right, so if I, if I ask my kids to, and, and I'm sure you do something like this, I'll give them a three day food journal to keep for me. Mm, right? mm-hmm. And then I, when they get it back, I look for the the big glaring thing first that we mm-hmm. can change. So usually it's honestly with with kids mostly it's they don't eat breakfast, mm. um, they don't eat any fruits or vegetables, yeah, okay? um, and they're not drinking. And in some cases, they're either either a not drinking enough water, or mm-hmm. b there's too much other stuff into you know soda and, yeah. soda and stuff going into them. So mm-hmm. Those are the three that, that I usually see, I'd say one or more of those three, 90, 80 or 90% of the time. So pick one, correct that, check back in two weeks. If that's going well, go to the next one, right? And, and this way, the kids get a win. The parents see the kid trying, right? Mm-hmm. They're involved in the process, and, and then we can everybody can move forward. All that being said, it doesn't always work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so exactly. you yeah. and, and, and you got yeah. to be able to get up and do it again and keep at it. And, and a lot of times it's the persistence that, that gets us there. Like being consistent mm-hmm. about, about the need for this will get us there, whether it's the emotional support or the nutritional support or, or somewhere in between. Um, but those seem to be the things that, that I, and I agree with you. It's the families have to be involved. It's, it's gotta be mm-hmm. a whole, you know, like you said, a village type process for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. That's, that's great stuff there, Mike. And, um, I, I want to kind of, I, I, I may, reach out to you to get you back on uh, yeah, uh, specifically awesome. about youth fitness. Cause we both have, a lot. kind of came into today want to talk about habits and, and nutrition and things. Cause, cause I, mm-hmm. I see you so good at that. And uh, but we have a lot more to talk about, about kids, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, so let's, let's go back, you know, and, and I've been in this field 20 years as well. You've been around a little longer than I have. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of your career mm-hmm. uh, when you were first starting out what are the two pieces of advice you wish somebody, or, or if you have more, that's fine. But the mm-hmm. two pieces of advice you wish somebody had given you on day one.
1: Mm, yeah, love it. So I think the first is just keep learning, you know, read, learn, um, grow, just find find people, you know, just find mentors or just people that have been at it longer than you. What? How do they go about things? I think the most important thing, and, and that's this isn't just for fitness, but any profession, is just to continue to learn. Um, You know, I think about when I first got out of school compared to what I know now and what I think I know, but what I don't know. And it's just, you know, I think the more I learn, the the less I realize that I actually know. And I think that's the mentality you almost have to take. Right. You know, when I was fresh out of school and that's when I first met Brian Grasso, actually. Right. This kind of, you know, wet nosed 21 year old that we were. Um, and just, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, I was like, wow, I'm doing my dream job at 22. This is awesome. And, it, you know, you kind of, and then I start learning more. I'm like, wow, I've been doing things wrong, you know? And then it's just like, or maybe not wrong, but maybe different. And then just so much information. So it's, it's overwhelming, but you know, you end up taking this and you, you, you use bits and pieces of it here and you, you learn how to use these different tools that you use and you just, you end up with a bigger toolbox and sometimes it's you know it's uh you use these tools abandon other tools and what tools are best for which people um so i think that's number one is just you know continue to educate yourself i mean 99.8 percent of what i've learned i've learned outside of the realm of formal education and um it'll become even less and less than that as i continue to 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 um, pursue my own journey of of trying to learn everything I can. And I think, yeah, maybe a, a number two or a 1A to that. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the the model of student first, teacher second, servant always. Um, so I strive to learn as much as I can first. I teach secondarily. Um, but I, you know, I, th- I feel like I've been put on this earth to serve. And I think if you don't have that servant's mentality as a coach. Um, you need to find ways to, to adapt that because I think it's about caring and at the end of the day, it's about um, helping people as much as you possibly can. Um, so if you have that mentality of just wanting to help people, I think everything else will fall into place. Uh, the technical skills won't matter as much. Um, you're, you, you know, it's not that it's not important. It's just that, you know, that whole old adage of people don't care how much you know until they don't know how much you care. So I think those are the, you know, either the one A, one B or one and two things that, that I would uh, pass along.
0: Okay. So young coaches, there you go. There's some great advice from Mike Howard, uh, who's been succeeding in this thing for, for quite a while. So that's uh, a, <laughs> that's, that's one uh, great, two great pieces of advice right there. So um, Mike, I, I thank you so much for this today. I, I really appreciate this. This has been um, a a really power packed, you know, whatever 40, however long we've been at this 40-ish minutes, give or take. Um, as I mentioned early on, uh, we always end the Friday happy hour show with the lightning round. All right. Uh, Now I will, I will first begin by giving you the option of whether or not you want to play. (laughs) Oh, pressure. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Why not? So here's how the game (laughs) game is played. Um, I will ask you two questions. Um, Mm -hmm. when I'm done asking the question, I'll give you 30 seconds to answer. So you got to think and move quick. Uh, mm-hmm. if you, if you there's there's no, you can't lose. All right. So that, that's, that's the great okay. part. Um, you might, you might embarrass yourself in, in you know, yep. irrevocably, but that's okay. But, uh, <laughs> we've already done that in our lives. There, but, there's um, no might in there. That's the, that's, yeah, a, yeah, that's the, super, yeah, <laughs> um, the, the questions may or might, may not have anything to do with fitness. Sure. All right. They the wall, or They may be completely off the wall and I choose them at random while I'm talking. So this is awesome. About, okay. All right. So yeah, all right, question it. number one, mhm um, What is the one thing that you do that no one else knows you do, but they'd be shocked to find out about?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) The one thing I, 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 I I started skincare. I I use a a serum on my face. I can't believe that I'm going to say this, but yeah, (laughs) that's kind of, I don't know. Maybe I've divulged that before, but that's kind of, yeah. Is I'm, you know, the other side of 40, I've I've noticed some wrinkles developing. So I I got a skincare regimen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right. All right. That's, um, uh, that's uh, shocking, but not embarrassing. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I completely, completely, um, okay. Second question. Um, that was, that was great, man. You crushed it on time. Got under time. Yeah, I don't know. That's the first thing I thought of, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is one of my, this is kind of one of my standard questions. I love this one and you can answer mm-hmm. either part of this question or both. It's up to you. Um, who is your favorite Disney princess and why? Okay. And, and, or, who is your favorite superhero and why?
1: Okay, and or well, uh, you know what? Beauty and the Beast fan. Belle. I like Belle. Belle's kind of like a strong woman. Uh, she's got a strength and beauty to her. I kind of, you know, I'm an old older school guy, so like, you know, I I and I I sort of rewatched them because I've got a, a young daughter now. <laughs> but uh, no, I I I love Belle. So I'm just gonna go with that. That's sort of classic. Um, in terms of oh yeah, superheroes. So I. Oh man, it's just gonna sound super cliche. I was gonna, um, mm, yeah, I, I do want to veer towards Superman, and I kind of like I, I, I criticize some of the the modern Marvel DCs, but uh, yeah, um, it's it's you know, it, it cliche as it sounds between Superman and Batman. I like Batman, I, I think I'm gonna go Batman, and 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 that's why I just switched up right now. Uh, Batman doesn't have the you know, the, he's not born with. With with anything special, he just trains his butt off and and, and kicks some ass within that. Uh, yeah, so it's, I, I think I'll go with Batman. As cliche as that sounds, so yeah, Batman and Bell. That's <laughs>
0: that's that's uh that seems like a power couple right there. So yeah, that's right. Belle yeah, get them together and see what happens. So yeah, um, so Mike, if if people want to reach out to you, uh, if they have questions about nutrition, about training, about anything, just want to uh, maybe just connect with you and and you know say what's up. How do they reach you? What's the best way for them to get to you?
1: All right. So, um, it probably best on social media. So I am at lean minded, uh, on, on Instagram and then Facebook, uh, slash lean minded, uh, to find me on my Facebook page. I, I, you can reach me at leanminded.com as well. That, uh, websites in the midst of a, a refurbishing. Um, so it, it looks like crap right now, but, uh, so best to probably reach me very by social media. Um, yeah, no, this has been fantastic. I mean, I a couple of things on the go right now. Um, I, I I've run a, a pretty new now, but um, been running it for a few months. Is a, an online membership, right? So that's people that want sort of sustainable fat loss, sustainable um, weight loss, and and increased health. Um, and then you can catch me if you are in the Washington, Eastern Washington area, or you know, anywhere within a couple hours flight, I highly recommend checking it out. It's the Inland Empire Fitness Conference. I'll be presenting there with a lot of other superstars, um, way smarter than I am on April 12th and 13th. That's in Spokane, Washington. So uh, that'd be a good one to check out. The deadline for registering is this week.
0: There you go. So folks, if you want to get, get the mic, you know how to reach them and get out to that conference if you can. Uh, tell them that I sent you and uh, go buy them a drink. Uh, awesome. I don't know. I don't know about you, Mike, but when I get off, when I get off stage, whenever I speak, it's like the, the last thing I want to do is spend three hours talking to people, but I always wind up. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're kind of spent, you're coming off. You just like, you just kind of did your thing. Um, uh, but you get off and it's like, I, I, I want to help people. I want to answer questions. I want to be there for them. At um, mm-hmm. up to the point in time where I just say, you know what, I need to go pour a bourbon and have a seat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, take care, take care of that. But, um, Great great stuff today, man. I can't thank you enough. I know you're you a super busy guy um, taking the time to be on with me today. And my, my listeners have gained a wealth of knowledge and insight. Um, folks, this has been the Four Pillar of Fitness podcast. and We've been on with Mike Howard of Lean Minded today. Um, and I, I have a feeling we'll be on again together uh, in the near future. Um, you know how to reach me on, on uh, Twitter, at Phil Houston, spell the last name right, H-U-E-S-T-O-N. Uh, on Instagram, at Coach Phil Houston, again, spell the last name right, H-U-E-S-T-O-N through my website, coachphilhouston.wordpress.com. New domain name coming very, very soon. Uh, This has been the Four Pillar Fitness Podcast. I thank you so much for listening. And as always, keep the faith and keep after it. (laughs)